it's easier and way faster to make money through your email list and grow your email list and then monetize it than it is to get a license placement. It is way easier to make a certain amount of money on your email list than it is to make that same amount of money on Spotify. So as sexy as licensing and Spotify and social media and all that stuff sounds, like email is going to get you probably what you want faster. It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm gonna share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're gonna show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, so I'm super excited to be here today with Cheryl B. Engelhart. So this will be the, you know, we've, I think this will be the second interview that we've done. And every time I talk with you, we totally, we end up geeking out about really awesome stuff like emails and, and uh, analytics and stuff that normally I don't have a chance to, to, to geek out about. So I really appreciate um, the conversations that we have. And so a little bit about Cheryl, uh, if you haven't met her yet, she's a composer, performing artist. She's won several awards from VH1 and Billboard Songwriting Awards. She had a number one best-selling new age album on iTunes and Amazon. And and specifically, her area of expertise is how to use emails effectively as a musician, which um, you may or may not be aware of. Uh, they're super, super important. Like emails are where it's at. They're awesome. So, um, so Cheryl, thanks so much for for taking the time to be here today and to to share some of the experience, some of the wisdom that you've learned over the over the last, you know over the last 10 years. Yeah, I'm I'm always happy to be here. It's always good to talk to you. And I'm really, really glad that I'm like your your go-to geek. So that feels really good. I'm really excited. Go about to that. geek. I mean, that yeah. that has a nice a nice kind of flow. Like <laughs> go, go to geek. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, awesome. So yeah, no, super psyched to to geek out with you today. And yeah, email. I mean, my shtick is really communication. So just being really clear on what you want, and then whether that's on social media and or email. But I do think email is one of the most underused tools that musicians have at their disposal. And I I'm really psyched to to talk about it a little more. It's not. It's not sexy. I think people kind of feel like, ugh, when they think about dealing with an email list. And that's just simply because they don't have a structure set up yet and they don't know the value of it. That when you're doing it right, you can be making a dollar per subscriber per month. So to lay that out, if you have a thousand subscribers, that is $12,000 a year via your email list. And that's not just because you're selling really well, it's because you're nurturing relationships and then they want to purchase and support you in whatever ways that looks like for you. Mm, that's so good. I, I love what you just said there that you know, that email is just a vehicle, just like a, it's a platform, but really it's about communication at, at its, at its root. Um, and email just happens to be a really effective way to communicate with, with so, your fans more directly. Yeah. So, um, to start out with, I'd love to hear you, you share a little bit about, you know, why, why email in the first place? Like why compared to, you know, everyone's, you know, a million different social media networks, there's TikTok now and there's Instagram and there's like all the different social media that you know, certainly has, has its place too. But where do you see like email kind of fitting in and what are some of the benefits of, of email versus, um, some of the social media platforms? Yeah. First of all, there's a ton of data that suggests that people are more likely to buy from an email versus social media. Like I could get into very specific numbers, but it's like a very, very, very big advantage if you are good with email. Everyone has an email. It's not going anywhere. It's like a horseshoe crab. It has evolved and is not changing. And it's been around for a long time because it's really effective. Also, you need an email in order to sign up for any social media. So it's kind of like, you know, when you hear people being like, people aren't on email anymore. It's like, it's actually like very much not true. So there's all like the marketing statistics around why email is great. But recently I've been thinking, okay, like what is it about email that still that has those statistics still be relative and, and true. And when you think about it, when you're on Facebook, when you're on Instagram, it is you get served ads, you get served hashtags you're following, you might see something that either triggers you, even if you're really good at curating the content that you're receiving on these platforms on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, it's still you being out there. And if you're just consuming the stuff, you, you kind of don't have control over what comes in. And if you're posting, you also don't have control over what people see publicly. And so you might be dealing with comments and, and conversations and it just sort of, it, there's a little bit of like, okay, here we go. When you're out there, email is kind of like the personal, like your, your walk-in closet. It's not the outside of your house, the exterior that everyone sees. And you get to decide what 
what comes in when you sign up for an email list or to, to receive something, you can stay on that list and get nurtured and learn something and just know that you have those resources inside of your inbox or you can unsubscribe. We have a lot more control there. So it feels a little more personal, feels a little safer. Mm. And that is what we want our fans to feel with us. We want them to feel familiar and safety and, and all of that leads to purchasing and following and sharing and, and showing up when you need them to. So I think emails are really in, in this day and age where everyone is online because that's literally the only place to go. <laughs> it's one of the places on your device that is still inside for you. Mm, that's so good. That's so good. You know what? And I love that analogy of like the walk-in, walk-in closet versus like the, the exterior. We might've talked about this before, but another analogy that, that I really like when it comes to like emails versus social media is that, you know, social media is sort of like a, a social party or like a cocktail party that you go to. And it'd be really weird if like at the social party, like you were trying to sell things to people like at the table and like, you know, it just would just mm -hmm. be inappropriate. It'd just be you know, somewhat inappropriate for that platform. But, you know, it's still, if you go to those, those places and you might invite someone to like, oh, you know, I think that we have a business opportunity here. Let's come back to my office tomorrow and then we can have more of a conversation. And then from there, you might like have some sort of offer or you might negotiate or, or to have some sort, of, yeah. some sort of sale. It's like going to a networking conference or like a music conference where you know that people are there to further their careers versus going to a party where maybe someone's there for networking, but also there for social engagement and other sorts of things. So if you know that the, that the, the context is specific for that kind of relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure where this analogy where I'm taking this, but I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that helps to click into place. I, I'm a, I'm a geek for analogies as well. So like, like anytime there's a good analogy that can be put into place, um, it's always I get lost yeah. in them sometimes, which is fun. And then you have to come back. There's, there's probably an analogy for that too, for like oh, yeah. getting lost in analogies. There's like mm -hmm. the meta. Um, okay. So, so uh, one thing that, that I'd love to, to dig into is, you know, cause we, we've talked before and, and, you know, there's, there's certain things that I know are going to be like fundamental, like they don't change. Right. And sometimes right. those are like really, really important to, to master. And a lot of times you see the people who are the grand champions of karate are the ones who are just good at doing a punch, <laughs> like a, like a normal <laughs> punch. So they just get really good at doing the punch. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to kind of do like a, a yin yang kind of thing where um, maybe we could talk about one, like what right now, like what, what are some of the biggest, maybe upcoming trends or just the things that you're personally really excited about in terms of email or, or new things that you're working on that, that you see working really well for 2021, especially in times of, you know, that we're in right now, where at the time of recording this, we're in like the middle of the pandemic still. So that, and then also we can kind of follow it up and, and then go back to the roots of like, yeah, what are the fundamentals that haven't changed? Sure. Yeah, I think right now, you know, I've learned, I'm always learning with email. I'm always testing things with my list and something that I've noticed over the past year, definitely, I think the the last time we recorded an episode was pre-COVID. But, you know, something that I've really seen is, is changing things up. I think that we are all in a period, you know, we are in the same space. We are in our own homes, most of us, and, and just like the, the boredom factor, not traveling, especially for people that used to tour a lot, like it is... The, the boredom factor is up, right? So what can you change? It, just slight things to keep people really engaged. So for me with email, sending this out to my list, it means making my subject lines look a little different. Every once in a while, throw in an emoji. Sometimes I'll use all caps. Sometimes it will be a question mark. Sometimes it will be dot, dot, dot at the end. It won't ever be all of those, right? Like I won't overdo emojis or all caps or anything. Like all caps are really also very special because it, it really occurs like someone's yelling at you. So you got to be really careful with all caps. <laughs> um, so I change up the subject lines. I change up the content of the emails. Some people are readers and like to read and scroll. Some people are video watchers. So, you know, it's great if you go to loom.com and make a, a screen share or uh, like, a, hey, just checking in. And then you can just, the email literally is like, I made a video for you. Here's a link, click here. And like, it says X, Y, Z. Um, and then it's, but it's really about the video. Some people are, are visual people and like the images or the gifts inside of the email. So I change up the kind of content. I change up the length of the emails. Um, and so I sort of keep people on their toes. They're like, oh, this is interesting. Or, oh, this, this doesn't look like the last thing I sent. So I think that that's really important in this day and age. And, and that might have been a staple in the past, but I, you know, I think they're, we're moving away from the, let's have the monthly newsletter. It always looks the same with just different links inside it. Like, I think we're moving away from that and getting into a, a little bit more dynamic and a single focused thing, which will lead me to my second sort of current in the state of the world. We, we've really been trained over the past couple of years that social media 
social media has trained us to be a single scrolling, uh, a single topic scrolling experience. Meaning when you're scrolling through Instagram, you see one photo, it has one caption that's about the photo or the the post or whatever. And it, it, it's one topic. Same thing on Facebook. People are posting about one thing. So when you get an email that has 19 things in it, it sort of goes against the experience of being on our devices looking for content, even though email is very obviously very different than social media. I really encourage people to not send newsletters and to not do the multi, here are all of the things, unless it's something that your fans are expecting. Like uh, in my membership Amplify, I do a, a weekly digest. Here's what you missed this week. Here's the most important video to watch. Here's the most, the hottest conversation in our Facebook group. And that's not about me. That's not like, here are all my updates. That's literally a, a tool for them to, to stay organized within the membership. But besides the, those very few exceptions, I would say stay away from the multi-subject multi content email because we have been trained. And I think especially because we are on our phones more and on, on our social media more in the pandemic to really see, okay, one thing per thing, <laughs> like one topic mm -hmm. per post, one, you know, one point per email, essentially. I do encourage multiple links in an email, by the way. So if you're sending if you're sending an email specifically to get people to follow you on Spotify, for example, have your follow link in a button in a, the HTML of the, you know, sorry, hyperlink <laughs> in the text and, you know, maybe in an image as well. You can have that one link multiple times, but the idea is still there that it's one topic. So that I think that that's really important. Um, and I think that's always been important, but I now more than ever because we are in this single topic scrolling land. So those are those are two things that pop out to me right now. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, I, lo I love both of those. And as you're sharing that, there's like, ooh, like there's like a gold nugget right there. So one of the things that you're talking about in terms of kind of, you know, almost like catching people by like doing something kind of interesting or something like, oh, this is cool and connecting with people and communicating on like a deeper level. I've been doing this a ton is, is Loom videos. Um, like this is like, you know, this is, this is my go-to strategy for if there's someone that like I really want to connect with. Um, and it's important then using, so if, if anyone's listening to this right now and they haven't used Loom before, Loom is an awesome tool that, you know, basically you can screen share on your screen and it records your screen as well as like a video of you. And for me, exactly what you just said, um, one, of, one of the best, like if I want, if I really want to get someone's attention and connect with them deeply, then I'll record a, a Loom video and basically, you know, maybe it'll be a minute or two long and I'll just kind of like say whatever the point of, of the video is. But then the the subject line is just video, video for you. And then the the copy of the email will just be like, hey, uh, Cheryl, just recorded a quick video for you. And then like a link to the video. And that, whether it's in the form, if it's like a text, you text someone that, or you email it to them, it's like, it's so hard for someone to resist the, like being able to click on, they're like, wait, like okay, recorded a video for me. And then like the title of the video is like literally like video for, for Cheryl. But I mean, yeah. if, that, that, that's like, if I'm like, you're someone like personally, and it's like, really, it is like, like a one-to-one -one kind of personal video. But I also think that what you talked about in terms of using that as a way to connect with the people in your audience on through emails, even if it is like one that goes out to all your email list, um, would still probably be super powerful to just say video for you. And like, hey, record a quick video for you. They click on it. And then it's just you sharing, like just talking through um, the message of whatever it is that you wanted to communicate with them. Yeah, and I definitely would, re I record the videos and I write to my list as if I'm writing to one person. So it really feels, even though I'm not saying their name, if I'm like, hey guys, so good to see you. like there's some like party feel for that and that might be your brand but if i'm like hey you how's it going today so i have this news i really want to share with you like i had this crazy press thing that came up yesterday and you know i'm so glad that you're here with me on this journey like whoo like you know i'm talking to a list but all, at the same time you're like i'm listening okay tell mm. me more like it, it definitely you, you can make it feel personal even though people are not dumb they know that they're getting an email list but at the same time there are ways to make that experience um feel really good for them Mm, that's awesome. Yeah, and that, I think that's one of those fundamentals that you just brought up. That's that's so important with with email versus like you know, maybe some other platforms where it, where it really is kind of like a one to one type of feel. Could you talk a little bit about that? Like when it comes to really like being effective with your emails, um, how, how do you recommend that people position it and that they think about about the message that they're crafting? Yeah, I think you need to know ahead of time what do you want people to walk away feeling after they read this and or what do you want them to do because 
they're going to feel something and they're going to either do or not do something. So if you're really clear on what you want those two things to be before you even sit down to write the email, the email is going to be really effective. The other thing is no matter what you're doing and, and some, you know, some people have bandmates and you all share the responsibilities of writing emails, always sign it from one person, not like the team at, um, even if it's, you know, the person that never writes the emails, like just so they know that there's a person behind that email. I think that that's really important. Again, it's just that personal thing. I also would say write the email. Most of the time, I there are, again, there's exceptions to everything. So take everything with a grain of salt. But most of the time, I'd write it from the first person. So I, instead of the band name, right? Um, we did this, I did this, I, did, I felt like. So they, they know that it's it's just going to feel a little bit more personal, like as if you were getting an email from the from a friend. So knowing what you want people to feel and knowing what you want people to do is going to help you really get clear on the copy. And that points them to whatever you want them to do. Maybe it's just to reply or to fill out a survey to like help pick your album art. Or maybe it's just you telling a story behind the origins of one of the songs you wrote. And you want to just say, hey, if you want to hear the song that I've been talking about, here's the link. And it's not a hard sell or anything like that, but it's just sort of content for them. The other thing I would do is is put in a basic subject line just in case you hit send before you go back and change it. But I, I really encourage people to write the subject line after the email so that you can extrapolate some element from the email that's really interesting and, and craft a really interesting subject line. The subject line should not be a summary of the email. And here's why. A, it's just not interesting. B, if someone sees like pre-save my single on Spotify, they're going to be like, cool, I know what's in this email. I don't need to open it. Mm. Um, even if you think they're going to open it just so they can go get the link. Um, you don't want to give away the farm in the subject line because then you're not going to get that open rate. And then you're definitely not going to get anyone clicking on whatever link you want them to click to. The, mm. the job of the subject line is to get the open. And the job of the email is to get the click. So, you know, when you write a subject line ahead of time, it, you know the email is going to be about sharing that you have a a single coming out and you have a pre-save link, the subject line is not going to be that. But when you're sitting down to write that email and you haven't written the email yet, it might be pre-save my link on Spotify. And that's what I would type in as a placeholder, just in case I, in case I press send too soon. We're all human and it happens. You don't want to be like subject line placeholder because that would that would suck. So put an actual <laughs> placeholder in there. Write the email. Um, my, my assistant Robin is amazing on email and his, his email list is called robin's nest i mean come on don't you just you like want to be in that already i love that <laughs> but he has one of his um nurture emails which is like what i send to people after they're welcomed in they get a couple emails in the welcome series then i have some selling series which i call rise series but in between those i have a nurture series which is kind of telling your story um your background a little bit it's it's one of those series that people get no matter where they are in your how long they've been on your list that everyone receives this email. It's because you're telling your story. Your story doesn't change. So it's not anything that you really need to manage if it's set up with automation, which is a great thing to do. But in one one of Robin's nurture emails, he tells the story about when he first realized that he was really a creative person and he was swinging on a swing when he was a kid. But the subject line that he obviously came up with after, and I've confirmed this with him, he wrote the email first and like, you know, had this sweet story about something he realized he remembers the moment when he was swinging on the swing. But the subject line is, I'm a swinger. And <laughs> it, I'm like, That's good. clearly he didn't come up with I'm a swinger and then write, like was like, I wonder what story in my life I can, you know, I can figure out to work into the subject line. The subject line came from the fact that he chose that story to tell. So, and people open it and they're like, aha, that's funny. Um, but there's also some curiosity to be like, what? So I, I love things like that when you can really put together the the subject line with the email to make a really fun experience. Mm, that's so good. Yeah, I love, I'm a swinger. Um, what, that, what that reminds me of is, you know, kind of this op closed loop, open loop type of phenomenon. Like whenever you're watching a TV show and it's a really well done cliffhanger, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, at the end and there's a drop, then it's like, Ooh, like I really want to watch the next one. It kind of like pulls it literally like it's something in your psyche that feels uncomfortable because there's, there's a, it's like if you play a chord next to a chord that doesn't resonate, it's like, you just like something inside you just is like, this needs to resolve. And it sounds like what you're saying with like the subject line is that 
that a couple of things like one that a lot of times the best way to write the subject line is you know that it's, it's birthed from the email itself as opposed to like kind of trying to start with the subject line and that ideally you don't want to just kind of give away the farm or be too obvious with it because then it's kind of like at the end of the tv show it's like oh by the way this is how the series ends <laughs> and then we're like yeah. okay well crap now i don't really want to watch the rest of it exactly um, exactly you're like okay cool i i get it like don't need don't need to know that but here's the thing it's kind of like writing a song um for me most of the time i i pick a a title after i write the song but a lot of people come up with the title first and then write the song and that might really inspire you and, and be helpful especially if you know which direction you want to go so i'm not saying that that's like the no-no but you want to be really mindful about it and then write the email and then come back and double check like is this aligned with the copy here am i giving away the farm is is there some element that i mean there's four different things you want to put in a subject line it's either fomo fear of missing out curiosity right like a statement like i'm a swinger is going to be like huh um real value like there's something like a gift or freebie there's like something of value inside for the reader and or urgency that's the fourth thing so the urgency is like there's a deadline like you have a coupon code that's expiring or blah, 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 whatever so if if your subject line has one of those four things and the, you know you could probably squeeze two of those in depending on how you word and how good you are with semantics and the, the languages then um you'll be able to you'll be able to see that that's going to get you higher open rates and therefore higher read rates and therefore higher click rates, which is cool. And you can't measure read rates, by the way, but I just made that up. Awesome. So, so uh, another uh, quick, quick recap. So it's, so it sounds like one thing that you mentioned, that's just like really important in terms of writing effective emails is just making sure that you are focused in terms of understanding the point, like the purpose of the email and what action you want, how, how you want people to feel and what action you want them to take. And you mentioned how it's really important not to like have five or six different like things that people can can do, and to pull another analogy into this because you know like I've got any any point that I can insert one I'm going to. Um, it's like that um, that saying: if you chase three different rabbits, then you're not going to catch any of them. He who chases two rabbits doesn't catch either one. Versus like versus one. What else? Uh, what else would you say is like so? I, I, the roots the roots of what you're talking about, you mentioned that it's really about communication, about staying connected with the audience. How do you see email fitting into like a higher level relationship really that, that they're building with, um, with their community? Like, would you, what's the best way for them to build those connections right now and kind of in 2021, if they're not in person, like live, like performing live, how, how can they integrate emails really effectively to help to, to build those relationships? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, when we think about building relationships with fans, there's a couple of things that we actually want. Like, yes, we like connection um, as human beings. We like that. But, I mean, we can get that from friends. So why care about connections with fans? And, and like, if, if we really want to get real about it, as musicians, we want to make money for our career, especially if this is, like, not just a hobby and we're in this for the long haul and we're treating it like a business. So we want to be able to profit. And we want people to stick around. We don't want a turnover rate where someone signs up, maybe buy something and then leaves. We want those repeat customers, those turn into your super fans. So if we can get really real about that and not get wonky about the fact that we need to use our email list to actually promote the things that we have going on, then it comes down to, okay, how can we promote effectively? Well, that's building the relationship. That's where the relationship comes in. So there's a much bigger why than just like, I want a relationship with my fans. Like who the F cares really? Like there's a reason that you want to have an authentic relationship, not just a relationship so that you can sell to them but an actual relationship where they're like okay cool i'm here if you pivot genres i'm here if you lose a bunch of money from your gigs and now you're doing online live shows and like i got to show up and pay for that like i'm here for you like you that's what you want your fans to be saying i'm here for you if you need my unused flight miles that i'm never going to use and you want to fly your band over to switzerland that's a thing that i did by the way it's one of the first things i asked of my email list when there were like maybe 500 people on it and so many people had unused airline miles that they got from work that they did not care about gifting to me so i could fly my band to a festival so like there are there are ways that your your email list will show up and then they get to be part of the process so i just want to like cut the bs around the words connection and relationship and stuff and just get real is that it's it's to profit and the profit will come and it will come at a much bigger scale when that relationship is authentic and when it's real and it's i mean people can smell i'm trying to get to know you from a mile away just so you can make money off of me 
So there's a real fine line there, right? So, but you got to be clear and you got to own that. And that's one of the reasons why in, in a welcome series, um, the most opened emails that you will ever send are the first couple emails after someone subscribes. That welcome email is like the highest open rate that you will see on your list ever, promise. That's an opportunity to actually set people up and say, hey, I'm going to be taking you along this journey. I'm going to be giving you some free content. I'm going to make you feel like the cool kid in school because you're going to be able to be like, I knew her when she did this and this and this. And I'm also going to give you opportunities to contribute to this process and to play this game with me, whether that means purchasing something. or So you let them know that you're going to sell to them. So then when you do, they're not like, oh, my God, so sleazy. They're like, oh, yeah, she said she was going to do that. <laughs> OK, cool. What, what's it this time? Um, and in between, we want to tell our stories and get vulnerable and 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 ask their opinions and run polls and like really just make it a relationship not this like i've got an update i've got an update i've got an update i've got a thing to promote promote i got a thing to promote like we want to balance it with what you would want to receive from a relationship oh what's up guys so quick intermission from the podcast so i can tell you about an awesome free gift that i have for you i wanted to share something that's not normally available to the public they normally reserve for our $5,000 clients that we work with personally. This is a presentation called Six Steps to Explode Your Fan Base and Make a Profit with Your Music Online. And specifically, we're gonna walk through how to build a paid traffic and automated funnel that's gonna allow you to grow your fan base online and the system's designed to get you to your first $5,000 a month with your music. We've invested over $130,000 in the past year to test out different traffic sources and different offers and really see what's working best right now for musicians. And so I think it's going to be hugely valuable for you. And so if that's something you're interested in, in the description, there should be a little link that you can click on to go get that. And uh, the other thing I want to mention is, you know, if you want to do us a, a huge favor, one thing that really makes a big difference early on when you're creating a new podcast is if people click subscribe, then it basically lets the algorithm know that this is something that's new and noteworthy and that uh, people actually want to hear. And so that'll help us reach a lot more people. So if you're getting value from this and you get value from the free trainings, then if you want to do us a favor, I'd really appreciate you clicking the subscribe button. All right, let's get back to the podcast. I think it's super good. There's a lot of really good stuff that, that came out there. The, the one that sticks out uh, in particular, is, it sounds like what you're saying is that one mistake sometimes is for musicians feeling like they have to kind of hide the fact that they want to make money, that they want to sell things to their fans. And not and because they feel weird about it, you know, they avoid bringing it up or they try to pretend like that's not a part of it. And it is. Yeah. And, and so they feel really weird about talking about it. And then like when they finally do bring it up, it's like, you know, people weren't expecting it. And it's just weird. So it sounds like what you're saying is that it's just important to be congruent in, in the first place and to acknowledge like, and that's okay. That's okay. That part of it is that you do want to have a successful business and that ultimately the more you make, the more you're going to be able to impact people and connect with them. And so it's, it sounds like you're, you're not saying that you're not saying that it's not important to connect with fans and to build a relationship and, and to genuinely care about them. That's super important. But you know that that coincides with the need and the purpose in order to to make an income so that you can so you can continue to grow. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. So one question that that came up because um, we were talking about subject lines and 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 I think that like back to the fundamentals what you're talking about is so so important to you just to like to reiterate just that like the subject line the purpose is to get people to open you know and like you literally have these these numbers like this data that comes from it that's so beautiful this beautiful data that lets you you know be able to adapt and just and to be able to grow and so like the subject line is really important for just getting the open rate and then really the purpose when someone's reading an email the whole purpose of it from you know from your music business standpoint is to, is at that point how many of them click through how many of them click through to the to the action so what are some of the biggest mistakes or what are some of the biggest like the biggest challenges that someone who when they're just getting started with writing emails and they haven't quite like mastered it yet, but they're just kind of getting into this world. What are some of the, the patterns or some of the things that, that you see coming up over and over again? Yeah, I sort of look at uh, the process of mastering your email list a little bit linear. So the first thing is just knowing what you want and how it fits into your strategy. So are you up to like selling CDs because you got a new CD coming out? Are you playing a Spotify game? And it can be short term, it can be long term, but if you're not clear on what you want, it's not going to come through in your email. So they're not going to know how to sh show up. So that's the strategy part. It's actually an acronym stages. The T is the technology. 
So before you dig in, I think I see technology as like a really big block, people not knowing which platform to choose, um, not knowing how to set up the emails. And then once you're in the platform, like how to write them and format them. So to that end, I would say the best email platform for you is the one that you use. Hmm. So pick a platform if you're already on one, like watch some YouTube videos of most platforms, especially like the designated, you know, Constant in Contact, MailChimp, Active Campaign, Kajabi, they all have training videos, watch their training videos, like spend an hour and like dork out on the, this tool that's going to become one of your, your easiest money making tools. It's easier and way faster to make money through your email list and grow your email list and then monetize it than it is to get a license placement. It is way easier to make a certain amount of money on your email list than it is to make that same amount of money on Spotify. So as sexy as licensing and Spotify and social media and all that stuff sounds, like email is going to get you probably what you want faster. So make sure you know how to use that tool. So the technology can be a block. And if you kind of handle that first, everything else will will come out of that. And then it's about growing the list. Okay, so let's get people in to the list. How do I do that? And there's a bunch of different ways to do that. But if if you're not seeing the return, it's okay, let's get more eyes on this. And from there, it's like, okay, we're getting people in, are they getting really great content? So in the engagement, right? So if we're looking at the word stages, strategy, technology, awareness, growth, engagement and engagement is really your copy your content that you're sending out is the welcome series set up do you have a really clear nurture series are people getting to know you in your story what are you selling are you selling one thing is it really clear that first like small ticket item to get people in as a buyer as soon as someone buys something from you even if it's 99 cents the chances of them buying are like 90 percent more the chances of them being a repeat customer and from there that's when they become the super fans and the advocates the people going out and sharing your stuff so that more people come in as subscribers and perpetuating that awesome cycle so so if you're stuck along any one of those points, sort of go back. Do I have the tech handled? Do I have the emails written? And not even in your email platform. You can write them in a Google Doc or Word document so that they're just there as, as emails. I noticed that it was much easier for me to write an email or a series of emails, like my story emails, if I write them in a Word document so that I'm focusing on the story in my writing versus focusing on how am I formatting this. It's two totally different parts of your brain. Mm-hmm. So let the writing, the engagement part be one task on your calendar and then set it up inside of the technology and deal with the formatting later. It's just, a, it's a really different shift. Um, so so kind of look at all those different stages and see, okay, where am I stuck? Am I stuck with the technology of it? Am I stuck with writing it? Am I stuck with getting people in? Am I stuck with monetizing? Because in each one of those places, you can either go back a step and make sure you've, you've got that, you know, check box. You're like, yep, got that. And, or you can look at, okay, what do I need to do? What actions do I need to take inside of this phase that I'm in so that I can elevate and leverage it so that I can move on to the next phase? Mm-hmm. I love that so much. Um, that the acronym is, is so helpful. Um, yeah. so stages- I have that in a worksheet that's free. I'll give you the link for that at the end if you want. Um, so Yay. you can just like sort of see that. And like there's a couple little tips for each each of those stages of the stages if you want. <laughs> that would be super awesome. Cool. So uh, one, one of those stages of the stages that, that I want to uh, drill in on a little bit, because I, I know that yeah, that it, it seems like it's one of the biggest um, questions or the biggest challenges that, that people have is around that kind of that awareness phase mm-hmm. and around this, this point where, especially, I mean, even with like with uh, the pandemic and whatnot, there's a lot of people doing live streams now. And in general, I know a lot of people feel like the market's kind of saturated and how do I stand out and how do I, how do I get awareness? Um, what are some some ideas, or what are some of the best the things that you've seen getting the best results in terms of like you know getting people onto the the email list? Yeah, when I was touring, like the name of the game for me was like get fifty percent of the people in the room on my email list. And you know now with with live streaming, first of all, it's it may feel saturated, but I don't think it's any different than trying to get a gig at a venue. And you actually have the opportunity to perform for people all over the world, not just people in that the ten mile radius of that venue. So it's I think we're in a a good place here to maximize the same sort of game like get however many people watching live on on that mailing list which means you have to tell people about it which is a radical thought for a lot of musicians like they're not going to know by osmosis that you have a mailing list and you also don't want to use the words mailing list or newsletter you want to have something that you're going to give them even if it's like an mp3 or sheet music to a song or something easily consumable so not like a long video behind the scenes you don't want to assume people are fans the idea is that they're coming in as subscribers and your email content will turn them into fans so under that assumption you want to give them something that's easy 
that's exclusive possibly and you say hey i have this thing i want to give you where should i send it especially you want to tell people before and after if it's a song and you're going to perform that song live on a live stream before you perform the song and after you perform the song you want to tell people hey there's a link up here just plop your name and email in and i'm going to send you that song for free um boom on your mailing list and you can have someone a, a super fan this is what i would do at live shows i would have a fan of mine be in charge of my mailing list because a then i don't have to be annoying and ask people by the way it's not annoying if you're doing it right but i i felt like oh that's going to be better if someone else is doing this for me and they really want to impress you so of course they're going to be like yeah i'm going to get 50 percent of the room on here and then they're like game on um and then you could do things like like, hey, anyone that signs up while I'm live here, we're going to go, you know, check out the list and we're going to randomly pick someone and they're going to get a free T-shirt or or whatever. You can ship something to them or give them a discount code to your merch store. So there's a lot of games you can play with your, your list if you're doing live things. If you're not a performing artist and you're not doing live stuff right now, that's totally fine. There are a bunch of other ways to grow that list. And one of them is is that gift, like giving content out, sharing on social. You can run ads, Facebook ads to videos, to other content. I also love the idea of cross-promotion with another artist. Cross-promoting with another artist it doesn't need to be someone that this with the same list size and doesn't even need to be someone in the same genre. You can literally say to your list, hey, I met this artist. They're up to cool things. You may like their music. You can even be like, it's not my cup of tea, but you might like it. I mean, I wouldn't say that. And then you send them to their free gift thing and then they do the same for you. And that's like, that's like Insta audience, right? Especially if they have a slightly bigger audience, which is great. I include that in my nurture series. So people that I promote, like they actually get long-term promotion and then every six months I just check in, make sure the link's the same, all that stuff. So those are a couple real quick wham bam thank you ma'am growth tactics whether or not you're performing live so so good so one one thing i wanted to to tack on to the the live stream this is just like a random random thought around it but i feel like i've seen this working across different markets right now is this this idea of like of be going live or having a post or doing something and rather than then going, then like, I mean, of course, and you weren't uh, suggesting that suggesting that they do this either, but rather than being like, you know, like, hey, like reply or comment below with your email address or, or sending them somewhere to, to put in their email address. Uh, I've seen a lot of people just killing it with like saying like DM, DM me and I'll give you the thing that you want. Like just, just DM me. And I think like on an Instagram live, that probably is really like, especially if you're smart like you and have someone on your team or have a fan who can like, you kind of do some of that for you, then maybe having that as like a, just something to experiment with for people if they're doing like live streams, maybe saying, hey, like shoot me a DM if you want this thing. And then actually having um, someone respond and say, hey, so so glad that you, know, that you were on the live stream. Uh, so where should I send that thing that you wanted? That probably would be a really cool thing to, to try out in terms of like, of taking people from the live stream to, to um, sending them the, the gift too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love the personal touch of that. I also want to eliminate any um, extra steps that the user has to do in order to get the thing. So if you're going to, if you're live streaming, you're like, DM me to get the link to put your email and name in, I think you're going to lose a lot of people. Um, for every click uh, through your website or wherever, you generally lose about 36% of the people that are going to keep on going through. So um, as few touch points as possible is what I would encourage. But I do love a good personal, like, Hey, I saw you're on this live stream. Is this something you're interested to to the people that didn't sign up? So I would ra and rather than make the pitch, DM me so I can personally send you the link. I would just put the link up there, make it super easy for them. Um, and then, you know, reward anyone with like a coupon code if they sign up during the show and you can just go manage that some, you know, automate that, whatever. And then you follow up with people that didn't sign up maybe in DM is what I, I would suggest doing that. But um, I mean, I like I like the idea of that, but I think it might be too many steps and you're going to lose a lot of people along the way. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. It would probably be like a really good thing to to test out for anyone who's who's currently doing live streams and just yeah, and like having having both and just you know maybe you can report back to us. Um, I mean, this is something. See, this is why I love talking with people like you, Cheryl, because like a bunch of really good ideas come out of this and like things like for our for our artists right now. So like I'm totally gonna be like, hey, like you know, try out try doing this on on your live streams. So another so a, a piece of that. For and I, I loved um, when you talk about like doing the cross promotion too. I mean, for anyone who's um, who's savvy, like you kind of zoom out a little bit and look what we're doing right now. Like this is this is a form of like of um, partnership or like promotion and 
and Cheryl and I have a relationship and we both have audiences and by, you know, cross pollinating kind of like bees, you know, cross pollinating, that's, it's best for everyone. And I think that there's a lot of opportunity to do that with other artists and other musicians like like you're talking about and traditionally you know you think that's what a tour package is you get people that align really well and they all can bring and mix and match yeah but you know what if you i don't know what if you do a, a virtual festival right a virtual festival where it's like you reach out to 10 different artists that are in you know that are like bigger than you in, in the same music scene and then you know if you're able to even if you're not like at their level yet, if you're able to get, you know, four or five people that are at their level and, and everyone is, you know, a part of it, then that could be a really cool way to sort of, to leverage these audiences from other people and to serve them. So they're growing their audience as well. They're doing live streams. Just that was one, one thought that I had that, that, I mean, it's basically modeling what, what we do with the success with music conference, you know, but I'm like, I wonder if there's a way that musician could do this. So I'd love to see if someone, you know, if someone wants yeah. to play around with that idea too. Yeah, we have a couple of members of Amplify. Like last year, we really brainstormed on how to pivot. And that was something that a few members came came out with. One of them did a local, uh, she's in Minnesota, and, and sort of got local artists to do a digital kind of festival song, song circle sort of thing and set it up. And I think it's becoming an ongoing thing. And it was, I, I think that's exactly what you're talking about is like create communities within your, and it could be within your genre, within your location. There's a lot of different parameters that you could put on it to to create that kind of um, camaraderie and and connection with the other artists and then also really making clear what's the win for them so knowing knowing what that what to expect from from you and do having done your research so that that pitch is just kind of like a no-brainer yes for them but yeah I love that idea I think that's great and and you also want to get sort of in writing that they are willing to share with their audience and because just getting people to show up because they're like, cool, an opportunity to play is not going to help anybody. Um, there's got to be a level of, of participation and sharing with their email list so that everyone can grow there. So you want to make sure that that's all really spelled out. And you're not, again, it's like, don't be wonky about the hard stuff, about the selling, about the what's going to make it a win for everyone, about the work that, that's got to get put in. So I know a lot of musicians have this, like, I don't want to be a burden or I don't want to, like, insult anybody. Like, just make it a yes or no request, you know, and, and, and people are not going to, like, poo on you if you if you ask they if you powerfully invite them to, to do something and the invitation it is an opportunity for them to either say yes or no mm -hmm. they might say no okay cool but mm -hmm. if you're weird about it then it's not going to be a clear invitation and they're not going to feel like they have the option to say no so a powerful pitch is is one that gives a ton of space for either yes or no to show up yes no or counter offer like yes i would do this if or I could do this not now, but maybe later. Like, so if you have the space in, in whatever you're pitching to anybody and they can see the win, then you're gonna have a huge opportunity to cross promote and, and grow your lists and everything, as long as you're not wonky about it. That's that's so good too. I mean, that's like one of those those fundamental um, skills like of mastery is, is the art of, of asking. And, uh, and what you're saying, I think is so important um, because, because it is like, it's just, it's a numbers game. If you're willing to ask, then it's just a numbers game. Like, yeah, you're going to have a certain amount of people that that say no. And yeah. like, there's a lot of different ways you can ask things, right? But like your success as a musician is going to be proportional to the amount of times that you're asking people to do the right things, whether it's asking someone to support you by purchasing something or asking someone to join your email list or asking them to follow you on your social media platform. You know, it, it sounds like what you're saying is that it's okay. It's okay to, for if people say no, you know, but yeah. it's, it's better to give Absolutely. them that option than just not get, clearly asking. Yeah, um, totally. I mean, and for me personally, I mean, I told you in the beginning, my shtick is, is communication. And I think pitching, I have a course called the perfect pitch because pitching was one of the things early on I learned was like a kind of a big deal to be good at it. I actually used myself as an experiment. I was doing a two week tour and I looked at all the emails I wanted to send. I was pitching to music venues. So I had, I only wanted to play at seven, but I pitched about I think probably 20. Then I wanted to play local radio stations. I pitched some house concert places. I ended up having almost exactly 100 emails to send out as pitches for this two-week tour. And I was like, ooh, that's a nice number. I'm going to use this as an opportunity to experiment. And I wrote three different kinds of pitches, or three or four, and I saw which ones got me more responses and got me more yeses. And I formed this like eight-step, here's the perfect pitch. And I get 100% response rate 
when I use this pitch. And it's and that's what's interesting to me is getting responses because when you hear crickets, you don't know what didn't work. You don't have a yes or a no. You just have there's just a void. So I would much rather get a no and no, okay, cool. Like here's the thing. Whether you get a yes or a no, there's going to be something to do. So if you pitch to perform on some venues live stream and they say yes, you've got something to do. You've got to promote it, you've got to practice, you got to there's something to do. If they say no, you can there's something to do. You need to pitch better people. You need to fine tune your pitch. You need to see why they said no. Um, you can keep pitching to other other people and just keep going. Like there's there's always something to do. So if you can take the emotion out of the no and just get that it's data and that there's going to be something to do either way, then you're going to have a much more powerful pitch in, in the long run. And I think that, that there is only really one way to pitch. It's show the win for you and the win for them. And yes, show the win for you. Like people want to know what's in it for you. And if you don't, like if you're not straight up with why this is great for you as well, people are going to think that you're trying to dupe them somehow. So get, get clear right away. And then it's a yes or no question. And and yeah, not being afraid of the no and not trying to like semantically direct them to the yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and you you all know, like when you send when you send an email and it's like, check out my blah, 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 check out my link to my video. You don't get a lot of responses to that. I see that all the time. And semantically that's a command and i say this a lot but you might as well have said come vacuum my house like that's the kind of response you're going to get like inside subconsciously versus would you be willing to take a look at this and that is a yes or no question and the brain is more likely to answer there's some psychology behind a yes or no question actually that the brain is more likely to answer it internally which is going to translate more to action than just like check this out like it, there's sort of this like blank, like nothing's happening in the brain <laughs> when you're just like, yeah. check this out. It's like a billboard. So yeah. yeah, absolutely. And this, this gets applied to your email list for sure. Especially when you have something specific to ask them. We're not always asking our list to do stuff. We're not always promoting and selling or inviting them to follow us somewhere, but sometimes we are. So it's not, the email is not check out my Instagram. It's like, would you come follow me and engage with me and, and show me your stuff and let me follow you back. Like, would you be willing to do that? Would you be willing is a great phrase. It's very soft woods. The W sound is very soft versus could you. Could is hard. So, I mean, I could get, you want to talk about dorking out. I can dork out on the (laughs) language of pitching as well and and how to leverage yourself. But yeah, you can apply this to pitching one person or pitching your entire list and social media too. Mm, So good. This this is why I love talking to you. I feel like we always always get to some like really, really good, um, both like things that are really like technically like advanced, but also like the found the foundations. So, so it sounds like really like part of the root of what you're saying right now is that it's much better to have a have a direct yes or no or have a response because that gives you feedback. You know, it's almost yeah. like the feedback mechanism is something that's so important because without that, you don't know if it was right or wrong. You don't know what was wrong, but having the feedback mechanism gives you data that you need to adapt. Totally. And same thing, that's probably why email is so effective and valuable that you're talking about is because the feedback mechanism is basically all those decision points that we're talking about. Like, did they open the email? Did they click through? Is like a yes or no question. And it's like, if it's a no, <laughs> then you have feedback and you know right. that you can you can adapt it. We love data. We love yeah, it. That's so good. It reminds me of, I'm not sure if you've read, read this book. Uh, it's, it's kind of like a classic now, It's a, but it's called uh, Psycho-Cybernetics. No. And the one of the core points of that book was talking about servo mechanisms and how our brains work. Hmm. And it really ties in nicely with what we're talking about right now in the sense that it talks about goal setting and how our brains like really like in terms of accomplishing goals that it works as a servo mechanism where by getting feedback, we can course correct. And without the feedback, we're not able to course correct. Kind of the same way that like, if you're sh- shooting a free throw with a basketball and you shoot it and it goes to the right, then if as long as you're aware of like you know where it went and where, where you aimed, then you know, okay, I need to aim a little bit more to the left. And yeah. so you step up and, and you shoot it again. And so it sounds like what you're saying is that if you don't have that feedback, it's kind of like if you close your eyes and you throw the basketball and there's no feedback, you don't get to hear if it went swoosh, you don't get to see right. like where it hit the mark. And then it's like, 
you know, you how could you possibly, yeah. how are you possibly going to do that? And even worse, what if you don't even have a goal? Like you don't even know you're shooting at the basketball. So you're just kind of holding a basketball and not doing nothing. So yeah. starting with the end in mind, what you talk about, it's kind of like having that basketball hoop and then paying attention to the data and, and seeing a yes or getting a yes or no is sort of like yeah. seeing how far off the mark did you get? I, I love that you need to know where you're shooting. It's I'm going to take this analogy to a totally different place because I don't do sports um, unless it involves water. Um, it's like cooking. You can't just be like, I'm going to put a lot of cinnamon and nutmeg in this pot. Like you need to like, what's the recipe? Like, what are you actually what's going to be the end? you know, end result there. And then you can follow the recipe and be like, cool, I need to, and then you taste it and you get your feedback whether or not you need a little bit of more. But I like the idea of like, you can't just do the one thing you think you should do, which is put, I, I should definitely be putting cinnamon in this. That is all I know when you don't even know what you're making. So I love that idea of, of being really clear on what you want, which comes back to what we said earlier too about email and for every email that you're sending and also for the big picture of what you want for your career. So that is getting communicated pretty much everywhere. Mm. So good. So good. Awesome. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much for taking the time to be here again and to geek out with me and to go to go down the rabbit holes. So um, for, for anyone that's listening to this right now, who's, I know you mentioned that you have some, some resources like the, the stages with like some, where it kind of drills down deeper and gives them some like really good insights for how to, how to successfully implement email. What would be the best place for people to go to, to learn more from you? Yeah. So if you want that, that workbook, it's, it's called Mastering Email. You can go to inthekey.co slash mastering email. And uh, I am in the key of success on Instagram. Uh, that's, that's where I give a lot of tips and tricks and love talking to musicians there. Uh, I'm CBE music. If you want the personal insight into my music career and my life and dogs and you know, water sports and things like that. And that's where I am on uh, Instagram and Facebook and, and Clubhouse. So uh, yeah, you can find me at any of those places, but in the key.co slash mastering email will will get you in and get you some, some free stuff and you'll sort of see how I um, give you some more tips and fun stuff inside of there. Beautiful. Awesome. Yep. And, and what we'll do like always, we'll, we'll also put a link in the show notes so that you can click on it to go directly directly there and another thing too so at the time of when we when we put this out Cheryl and I we got we got some some training we got like an ace up our sleeves so so she's putting together like an awesome in-depth workshop for you so just stay stay tuned if you're listening to this um, around the time like that this like first comes out there's gonna be some awesome stuff coming up soon for, for Cheryl so keep an eye out um, on your email yeah great place to keep in touch well thanks so much i love i always love talking to you i loved working out i love the analogies um it's 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 always a pleasure so thanks for for having this platform yeah you got it thanks thanks for being a part of it hey it's michael here i hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guests today and if you want to support the podcast then there's a few ways to help us grow First, if you hit subscribe, then that'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That that really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.